difficulties there in the beginning, but we couldn't do it until it was done right. So uh, had to have a few takes, but it's great to see all of you this morning. Today we are going to uh, start our service by honoring some very, very special people. And as you saw in the intro video, uh, people's lives change here. And, uh, you know, I want to uh, lift up all of our volunteers that serve in the church, whether it be uh, guest services, meaning your usher group, uh, our children's teachers, if you've done that. If you lead a small group, uh, if you volunteer in any shape or form here in our church, I would like for you to stand up. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. Stand up. And we're going to honor you today. I want to give a, a round of applause for all of our church volunteers. And uh, what, what you see on the screen, what these people do, uh, and, and whatever capacity it is, it matters. It matters a lot because when we give, uh, God does amazing things. And uh, today we're going to be kind of piggybacking on what we talked about last week. If uh, you're here for the first time, you can go to our website and watch uh, what we talked about last week. Uh, but it, it, it's totally different direction this week because today we're going to ask something of all of us. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the end here at the beginning. Today I'm going to ask you to do what those people just did, standing up to volunteer. Because, as it says right here on the screen, it matters. And so that's what the end game is today, and we're going to look at. And here, here are the ministries that I'm going to ask you to serve in, uh, in one shape or another. is our children's ministry. We need teachers. Uh, I was with them this morning. Their rotation is over. Uh, and, and service production, everything that you see here, the lights, Everything that you see is done with preparation and by a lot of volunteers that come here real early in the morning to set up and get things done so we can have this experience. And also uh, guest services, that would be our ushers, you know, the ones that are always serving, getting things ready. They get here early also just to help. And uh, our next generation ministry, you, had, you heard Ralph and Lucy Garcia share about the decision they made a few months ago to, to serve as adult shepherds and small group leaders in our teen ministry. Yeah, Lucy. And, you know, we, we need more people to do that today. We need you to sign up today to serve. We need more adult shepherds uh, and people that are willing to do that. And you may feel a, a tension today, but I want to encourage you to embrace that tension because it's not about the Lighthouse Church. It's about a higher calling. And hopefully you're going to hear that calling today. And also, uh, you know, our, our preteen ministry, our junior high ministry, we need adult volunteers there also. And then finally, our small group leadership at every level of our church. We need more people to lead because we don't believe in how we're set up this morning. We believe that a church is, is made up of circles, not rows. And so we encourage every member of our church to be, you know, included in a part of a small group. In our, in our family life ministry, we call them faith groups because we believe faith is grown and, and, and lifted up in those small groups. I know for me, I'm a part of a small group and my, my faith is always lifted when I get together with that group. They encourage my faith. And I'm grateful that I could be a part and lead a faith group myself. So today we're going we're gonna to look at about what matters, that why it matters, what we do. 
And, and also, you know, we're going to look at, we really don't know how what we just saw on the screen, how lives change. We don't know how that happens. And I'm going to confess that to you. You know, as a, as a minister, as, as you know, uh, the, the, the overseer, the servant of this, this region, I've got to make a confession with you guys. How that happens, we really don't know. Because God uses different things uh, in, 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 in different situations, but it's not one thing. You know, we always try to find that secret formula of how we can help people's lives change. But you know who really changes lives? God does. But He uses different things, as you heard uh, you know, on, on the intro video. Uh, we know there's a God factor involved, and we know there's no really formula. A plus B plus C equals life change. It doesn't work that way. There's a there's certain amount of... And what we're going to look at today is what is the secret sauce to creating life change? You know, everybody's looking for the secret sauce. And, and, and we are too, but I'm going to show it to you today in our Bible study. Uh, everybody's different. You know, for some people, what moves them is the music. When they come to this, you know, the service and they heard that song, you know, I appreciate our, our youth choir, you know, our youth music, uh, music ministry. You know, that, that's what gets me. I have to fight back the tears during that song. Because it moves me. Uh, it really moves me. And I don't know what it is. For some people, it's the music. For other people, it's the message. You know, people come up to me and say, you know, wow, the message. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'm just trying to deliver God's Word. But for some people, that's what does it for them. For other people, it's the fellowship. You know, I just felt so much love. I felt, I felt surrounded by love when I came here. This is so different. You know, maybe it was a little too much at first, but man, it really, it really showed me that people care. They care. And I appreciate that. For some people, it's our children's ministry. They go down there and they see the care and the love of our teachers and their children run up to them, you know, for, for our guests. And they say, Mom, Dad, can we come back next week? Because this was incredible. My teacher was this. My teacher was that. And I learned so much about God. For some people, it's a children's ministry. For other people, it's a small group environment. They may never make it here before their change, but their small group, when they go and visit in their neighborhood or wherever they are, they're impacted. They're moved by that small group because they see a unit. They see a family. They see the vulnerability of people sharing. For other people, it's our core four Bible studies. You know, they, they, they go through the Bible studies and they hear the Word of God and they're like, man, God is calling me to this. And so for different people, everybody's different. Different things move different people. There's no exact formula for how these things happen. But we know it does happen. And our mission as a church, if you want to know the end game for all of us, and for all of us as our members, what is our mission as a church? It's right here. As a church, it's to lead people into a relationship with God and with Jesus. That is the end game. It's not enough just to come on Sunday and be a part of our church. What really matters is whether you're connected with God for the seven days of the week. And that's our goal. That's what we want people to experience and to have, not just for a period of their life, for the rest of their life. And that's our mission as a church, to bring people into that relationship with, with Jesus. And so, how do you do this? And I've I got to confess, my job description as a minister, and, and I feel 
quite a bit of tension sometimes as a minister is, you know, our, you know how companies have a bottom line? You know, here's your bottom line. For some companies, it's their profitability. Guess what my bottom line is as a minister? Right there. Life change. H- how do you measure life change? How do you do that? And that's kind of the conflict that I feel a lot of times is how, how do you do this? How do you measure this? What, what column do you put? Do you have a number? It's very difficult to quantify, but when you see it, it's obvious. Isn't it obvious when you see someone's life change when they come home and, or they, they come here and they're at school, they're at work, and you go, wow, what happened to you? What have you been drinking? What, what, what have you been eating? What, what's wrong with you? You've changed. And you see it in their eyes. You know, so it's very hard for me as, as a minister to measure it, but I know it happens. And today we're going to talk about that. How, how can we as a church create that environment where, you know, life's changed? And here's the tension that, that, that we feel, we as a ministry staff, and this goes for all of our, our ministry staff, we want to create a church environment where people's lives change. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, you and I know this, we go to work, we go to school, and there are people in our community who have serious life problems going on. Their marriage is about to come apart. Their lives are coming apart. They're dealing with really, really serious problems. They've got health issues. They've got financial issues. They're, they're coming undone, particularly right now in our, in our time in society. There are people all around us with a lot of problems. And sometimes we say, well, I just want to bring them to church. And, 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 and you know, if they come to church, then everything's going to get fixed, right? Or if they come to my, my, my small group, and, and, or if they do the Bible studies, everything's going to... And we try to put them through the formula. But you know what they need? You know what those people need who are in trouble? They need a miracle. They need a miracle. And some of you are walking and talking miracles. What God did in your life was a miracle. I saw one last Sunday evening with Marissa, and I'll share about her later, but it's amazing to see what God has done. She was in a very, very difficult time in her life. And it was, it was hard, but God did something amazing. And there's so many people in our community that need a miracle. And what is a special sauce that creates that miracle, that life change? And that's what we're going to look at today is the, the, the link between what we do. And, and, and I got to talk honestly with, with some of us here today. Some of us don't believe that in change to the degree that you're willing to get involved. You're, you're, not, you're not willing to go that extra mile to get involved to the degree so that people's lives can change. You know, I don't know if God can use me. I don't know if I'm there yet. And then others of us, you know, the truth is we're too busy. We've got a really busy life. My question to you is, doing what? Doing what? With all these problems. And I know it's great. I know you, I know you are doing incredible things in your work and in your life. And you're making a lot of money. And you're climbing the ladder. And you're, you're getting a great education. There's a lot of great things. You're playing sports. You're doing whatever. But you've got to break that down and ask yourself a question. Is what you're doing really making a difference in our world today? And maybe it is. 
But I think a lot of us are involved in things that, hmm, it's not really making a huge difference. Talking about what we saw in the beginning. That's life change. And our God, we serve a God who wants to change lives in a major way. And it's messy. So today we're going to look at that. And and here's the link. The link that we want to look at is what we do as a church and, and what God does. What's the link between what, you know, we saw our volunteers and they, they stood up and they, they served and we got a lot of volunteers. What we do as a church and what God does. What, what is that? And, and that's today's Bible study that we're going to have today is to discover what that special sauce is. So are you ready for the special sauce? Don't you want to know what that, that power, that link is? And once you know then it's going to be time for you to decide what you're going to do about it. And so, I'll give you a little bit of context of our Bible study today. We're going to look at, you know, Jesus, and this was a particular story that happened in His, his life. In all four of the, the, the four Gospels, this story is told that we're going to look at today. It's repeated in all four Gospels. Slight variation, but almost exactly the same story with the same specifics. Three of the Gospel writers were there when it happened. One of them did a thorough investigation and reported it on what happened. But at this point in time that we're going to look at in Jesus' ministry, Jesus is healing and preaching to thousands of people. He's well along in His ministry. There's a lot of things happening and there are a lot of people that are coming to Jesus, believing in Jesus, and following Jesus. But then He receives some very bad news. Some terrible news. I don't know how many of you know this, but John the Baptist, you know John the Baptist, he's Jesus' cousin. And he heard about John the Baptist. And at this point in time that we're going to pick up the story is, he just heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. So he was extremely affected by a family member who was beheaded. And and basically, John the Baptist preceded Jesus. He opened the way for Jesus. So John the Baptist, he even baptized Jesus. Could you imagine if your you know, mentor or the person that led you and that, that baptized you, although he wasn't his mentor, but he had a very significant role in Jesus' ministry and Jesus' life. Imagine if that person had, was beheaded for their convictions and their faith. So Jesus was very sad. And this shows you the, 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 the human side of Jesus, that he was... God's son, but he also felt things deeply. And so he needed a little time away from the crowds. He needed to get away to an isolated place and process what he was feeling and pray and and get right and get strong again. So it's at this very moment in Jesus' life, in his ministry, that we pick up the story. And so let's pick it up here. And if you have your Bible, you can look at it with, with us in Matthew chapter 14. If you don't, uh, I'd encourage you to get a Bible. You're going to need it. Uh, you can get them on your phone for free. You know, I think you can pick one up at Walmart for 2 or $3. I think we have some out here. Hey, listen, you come to me, I'll give you a Bible. Okay, see me after the service. I'll make sure you get a Bible after service. It's that important. It may not be the leather bound, you know, with gold. But you'll have what you need. Matthew chapter 14, verse 15. It's going to be here up on the screen. As evening approached, 
And let me, let me tell you what happened. Uh, Jesus went away, and they got into a boat trying to get away, and they crossed the Sea of Galilee. But guess what happened when they got to the other side? There was huge crowds waiting for him there too. And when Jesus got there, there's thousands of people waiting. And guess what? Jesus spent the whole day on the other side. He needed time alone, but he was driven by what? His compassion. It says it right there in verse 14. His compassion led him. And so he spent the whole day healing and teaching people. And as that day, that same day, in verse 15, it says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So let me be honest with you. Were the disciples really caring about the people? I don't know. It's a question. You know what I do sometimes? I'm hungry myself and I'm tired. And and so I'll give this front and I'll say, you know what? You probably need to go home and, and rest and get some food to eat. Right? I'll say that. I'll do that. But who am I really? What's at the root? I'm hungry. Can you go so we can eat? That's kind of what they were doing here. You know, they were disciples. They were hungry. They worked all day and they were serving and healing and helping. And it was a long day. It was a long week. And they said, Jesus, can you send the people away so we can get some recoup time and so we can eat? I'm, we're starving. And the people are starving. So send them on. Here's where Jesus really, really challenges them. We read on. In verse 16, it says here, Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Any idea how many people were here at the time? You can cheat. Look in verse 20 in your Bible. 5,000 men. Okay, you're one of the apostles. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And you're like, you know, we really don't have enough food for all these people. And scholars estimate that it was 20,000 people. Because there's 5,000 men. If you estimate family size at that time in, in history, women and children, scholars would agree it's about 20,000 people. That's a stadium. That's, a, that's an arena full of people. And you're 12 guys and you're, Jesus says, you give them something to eat. You do this. So imagine the tension. They're feeling, we need a miracle here. And we can't do this. And look, look at one of the apostles, what, what one of them said. And one of them responds. And we're going to flip over to the other version, John chapter 6, verse 7. Here's Philip. He chimes in. Same situation, same scenario, different gospel. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages could not buy enough bread for even one to have for each one to have a bite, much less fill the stomach. I mean, this is a lot of money. You know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Who's got that kind of money on hand just to buy enough for a bite? That's a lot of money. And and we read on. In verse 8 and 9 of the same story, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Philip's brother, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he says, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But how far will they go among so many? So they're going to take this little boy's lunch pail. (laughs) 
his SpongeBob SquarePants lunch pail. And they're going to say, give us that. And they brought it to Jesus and they said, hey, how far can this go? And they're small loaves, not big loaves, small loaves. And small fish. And so they're feeling the tension. We got this, but there's 20,000 people. How do, we, how do we meet needs with so many needs how, with so little? How do we do that? And so Jesus shares here, He's going to give us the sauce. Are you ready for the sauce? An overwhelming need and only a little to meet that need. How do we close the gap? And you and I feel this in a great way in our lives. There's so many needs around us of people and we want to help people, but how do we do it when we see ourselves and we see, I don't know if I have the ability. I don't know if I, I can do this. And so we go back to Matthew chapter 14 and you read here in verse 18, Jesus is going to share it with you. Here's the sauce. You ready? Here it comes. Bring them here to me. Bring what? The little boy's lunch. Five loaves, small loaves, two small fish. Just bring it to me. That's what Jesus said. Bring it to me. Bring the boy. Bring the lunch pail. Bring it to me. And, and I want you to think about this. With so many of the things that go on in our lives, how often do we run around and stress and worry and, and, and get all consumed with, oh no, I can't do this, and oh no, in and, and this situation. And what's Jesus' remedy? Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Jesus. And watch what He does. And watch what He provides. And, and, you know, for you and I, we spend a lot of time finding those obstacles and excuses for why things can't happen. And, and, and Jesus is saying all the time, listen, you're looking and you, you're making excuses. I'm looking for opportunities. Because I can take opportunities and create life change. And Jesus uses this event to teach you and I something very, very powerful for our lives. And so I hope today that can be your takeaway. That Jesus is looking for that. And we read on in verse 19. As He directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, He looked up to heaven and He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And we read on. Then He gave them to the disciples and He gave them to the people, and they gave them to the people. All they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Do you know that in all four of the gospels, this last phrase is repeated in all, all four of them? That the apostles had twelve basketfuls. In other words, what did they end up with? A whole basket for themselves. They fed 20,000 people that day with five small barley loaves and two fish. This is a miracle. But you know, the, the, the teaching here today is 
will you just bring me what you have? And what I will do with what you have will be amazing. And my question to you today, if you'd have been that little boy with the five loaves and the two fish, would there have been a little tug of war that day? You can't, you can't have my SpongeBob lunch pail. This is all I've got. All right, I'll give you two loaves and one fish because I need this. What an amazing story of the little boy that, that he, he gave his lunch. And then in verse 21, read here, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. In other words, huge crowd. Huge group of people. And, you know, to think about this and think about our lives and, you know, and th- this is a point I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, you can even write it on your, 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 as a text. Send it out. Tweet it. This is, this is the key phrase today. You will never know what God can do in your life until you bring it to Him. You will never know what God can do in your life until you bring it to Him. And this is especially true for us who follow Jesus. You're never going to know what's going to become of your life in its capacity. It's, it's, it's ability to, to reach the top. You'll never know what God can do with you until you bring it to Him. What did, what did, what did God do with that little boy's lunch? And let, let's just think about this little boy here for a second. When he grew older, at every family event, everything, when they would take bread and they'd have fish, what do you think he thought about? every situation. I would imagine his family and friends got tired of him telling the same story over and over and over. Hey, you want to hear a story? You want to hear a story? When I was with Jesus in a remote place, I had had my little small lunch. And you know what Jesus did with my lunch? Because I gave it to Him. He fed 20,000 people. And I bet He wore His grandkids out when He got older. With the same story. Have you heard the story? Oh yeah, we've heard the story. i, I got to tell it to you again. But this little boy's life was impacted that day. And he never forgot that what Jesus could do with what he had is amazing. And my question is to you today, are you willing to give Jesus what you have so He can do something amazing with what you have. That, that, is, that is the big question today. That is for all of us. And here's another phrase that you can tweet or text or write this down. God's not concerned with your ability as He is with your availability. He's not concerned with... Well, too many of us excuse ourselves at the door. He said, well, I just don't have the skills to do this. I don't... I'm not gifted in this area. And so therefore, you do nothing. And, you know, ability is significant. Ability is significant. They're never going to ask me to come up here and play one of the instruments. Never. As much as I say, hey, 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 would you, would you let me play? Would you let me, please? Because I can't play a lick. I, I'm never going to be performing up here. Okay? 
you know, maybe Villa Vanilli and, you know, kind of just moving it around and but never play for real. Ability is important. But too many times we really give an excuse for what's really the problem. You're not available. You're not willing to give it to Jesus. You're holding back from Him. And I want you to know today that God wants to use your life. Even if you're a guest here today, if you're visiting here with us today, God wants to do something amazing with your life. How do I know that? Because I've seen it so many times. I've seen it I've seen it an amazing number of times. If you'll just bring God your life, things start to happen. Amazing things start to happen. So how's your availability today? How's, how's your willingness to give your life? When people come to Jesus, and, and we talked about this this week, I'm going to... I'm going to repeat. We're going to go back to last week. For some of you who weren't here last week, we looked at three categories where people come to Jesus. Initially, they come here and their first step, and it's okay, those people that came to Jesus that day that were fed the 20,000, where were they? They were right here in this red bucket, and they're consumers. They're consumers. They're all about me. I want some fish, I want some bread. I need some healing today. A lot of us came to church in this category, the red bucket, because we needed a miracle. We needed help with our lives. We needed something to help us get to the next level. We needed a life change. We needed friends. We needed something. I came here that way. Not here, here, but I came to Jesus seeking benefit. I was a consumer. And then the next one, you move from consumer to convenient Christian. Convenient Christian. And that is after you have benefited and you're, you're, you're in the church, you're a member of the church, and you're, you're coming regularly on Sunday, and you're coming on Wednesday, and you know, and you understand, I, I gotta help out a little bit. I, I'll do something. I'll, I'll sing once in a while, or I'll volunteer, you know, every year or so, I'll, I'll do a rotation in the children's ministry, or I'll, I'll do something. But, you will only do it to the degree that it's convenient for you. If there's any, ever anything that's more important, like you know, a little extra sleep uh, or, or your schedule, or if it conflicts with your work or, or something else, guess what? You're not going to do it. Because it's all about convenience. You will serve to the degree of your convenience. And then here's the last category. To be a follower of Jesus. That means I'm ready to give my whole life to Jesus. And I'm not expecting anything in return. And so our job as a church is to get people from here, and these are all people, to here. Okay, we're moving them along from benefiting to convenient Christians. And then eventually we want people to be here. And it would be a great thing if everybody could be here who's a member of our church. And I realize it's a time of transition. Sometimes when we're, you know, a baby Christian, a baby follower, we're here mostly, and then we move here, and then... But some of us have been here a long time. We talked about this last week. You've been a Christian a long time. And you're still here. And it's not, it's not something that I want to do. It's not something that our church is about. The reason why we want to do this is because Jesus wants this. 
And as we grow and mature, the purpose of our lives is to move to here. And let's look at that passage that we looked at last week. Then He called the crowd to Him along with His disciples and said, Whoever wants to be My disciple must do what? Must deny himself and take up their cross and follow Me. And a disciple, as it said here, a disciple isn't the consumer. A disciple isn't somebody here. It's somebody who's willing to give their life. You see, because that day that Jesus was disturbed and depressed about His cousin being beheaded, you know what He did that day? That He needed some alone time? He arrived on the beach and there were large crowds. He said, I need to help these people. Because their need is more important than mine. See, that's Jesus. And to follow Jesus means you've got to be willing to give of your life. Maybe not initially. And maybe you need a little time. But this needs to be our goal for all of us. Where we want to be. And look what else he says. He goes on and shares this. What good is it for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can you give in exchange for your soul? You know, this isn't just about kind of a a cool analogy. For many of us, our soul is on the line here. Because we're holding back from giving our life to Jesus all the way. And as we talked about last week, what, what would you give, and Jesus uses this analogy, what would you give in exchange for your soul? I know the answer. Everything. If you could look at this life and if you had the perfect life and you could look forward to the, the future life, what would you give in exchange if you knew you were going to spend eternity with God? But if you held on to your life here, you would forfeit that. What would you give in exchange for eternity in heaven with God? I know the answer. You know the answer. Jesus knew the answer. You'd give everything. And so, through this... We need to ask ourselves, are we willing to give our lives? And I want to ask you the question, and this is for our our members today. Where are you in these buckets? We asked that question last week. How's it been for you this week, those of you who were last week? Those of you who weren't, I want you to do an evaluation. And we're going to do this in your small group this week. Is ask that question, where are you? And are you trying with everything you have to move here? And maybe you were here at one time, but you slid back to here. That's not God's goal. And I I don't want you to see this in terms of our church and and me and the Lighthouse Church. I want you to place full responsibility because this is between you and Jesus. This is what He wants from you. Not what I want. I'm just a messenger. I'm just here to tell you what Jesus is saying. But it's not a have to. It's a get-to. You get to do this. I, I wake up some mornings and I, I ask myself, I get to do this? I get to watch what we saw in the beginning? I get to participate in that? People's lives changing? What an amazing gift. What an amazing thing that we could participate in this. And so today, let's bring this full circle. Today we need a miracle. 
You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris Boyer shared a lesson and he said, we want to have a 5.30 service. And it's not for us convenience, those of us who like to sleep late. You know, we want our sleep on Sunday morning. It's not for you. You know who it's for? It's for our community. Because we notice, as, as you go out and you share with your faith with people, and I notice this a lot, I talk to people in, 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 service, in the services, employment, and, and I talk to them, I say, hey, we'd love for you to come out to church on Sunday. And they ask me, when are your services? 9.30. I work. Now, I realize some of those people are giving me an excuse, but there are some people that want to come. Right? And they can't. We've even got some members that, you know, they get put in this situation where they, they, their bosses call them into work and they'll lose their job. But most, mostly the reason why we want to do this is so we can reach out to our community. Because there are other families, they don't know God, and they're involved in sports programs, they're involved in things. If we had a 530 service, they would come. Because they need it. They know they need it. And so today we need to triple our volunteer base. We need three times the number of volunteers that we have today. All those people that stood up, we need to see three times of those people. So here's where it's going to hit home for you. If you didn't stand up, are you ready to move over here? And then move over here? Are you ready to do that today? It's not for me. It's for Him. And then I bring you back to the little, the little boy story. He had five loaves. You have something. You have something you can bring to Jesus. And He can use that, what you have, to change other people's lives. Well, you don't understand. That's going to that's gonna mean that I have to change my schedule. I'm going to have to rearrange some of my things. I'm going to have to you know, rearrange my priorities during the week. Exactly. You know, right after I got baptized as a college student, I realized I don't have as much free time for me anymore. I, I, I need to invest myself in other people. I need to have time to study the Bible with some of my friends. I, I, and I've got to rearrange my schedule because at that time we had, you know, our, our midweek service on Wednesday. We had our small group on Thursday. Uh, and usually there were some other activities going on. We had a devotional on Friday. I mean, it was almost every day there was something happening. We had two services on Sunday. It wasn't a special extra service. It was you go to both. That was old school. And I had to do a rearrangement. But you know what I said? Hey, God, you, you've, you've helped me. I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to give my life to you. And it wasn't everything. A few hours. It was a schedule change. So here are the ministries that we need volunteers in. We need 20 volunteers in our next gen ministry. We need, and I'm going to show you the numbers. We basically we need 130 volunteers today to sign up. That's our miracle. We got we got a few loaves. We need a lot more. Because I believe God wants to do something amazing. He wants us to spiritually feed our community. And I don't want to shrink back to that calling. I want us to step up and, and, and be willing to do it. We need people to be in our, our, our service production to help us get here early on Sunday morning and help us set up and help us to take down. Uh, 
we need more trainees to do the sound. You know, can you, can you give a little round of applause to our, our sound and tech crew back there? You know, in the, last, in the last two years, we've made some huge jumps in our service programming. But let me tell you, for each jump, it's a lot of work. And for each jump, as you saw this morning, there's always little bugs, always little glitches. If you have your, your, uh, your you know, mobile device, you can find the free Internet here that these guys made available. So you can go online and get on the Bible. You know, because some of these apps, you need a Bible. You need to have Internet to do that. And these guys have worked very hard at thinking, of dreaming. We're streaming online right now. You know, isn't that awesome? And it's recorded. So you can watch the service later on video. You know, I, I watched when I was on vacation. I watched the service uh, in Florida Sunday morning. I watched Jamie Slobodnik as he shared his lesson, you know, about the Olympics. I said, man, I feel like I'm there. And I'm all the way clear across the country. And, and this is what we have. But all of this comes as volunteers. And guest services, we, we want to have not just ushers, but we want to we select some very people-friendly, great people to be greeters. Wouldn't you want to be greeted when you come someplace house? How about if they just left the door open and you just walk in and you're like, Hello? Hello? Anybody home? How's that? Isn't that weird? Isn't that awkward? Wouldn't you turn around and walk out? We need greeters. We need people at the bottom of the stairs top of the stairs. Not over the top now. Wait a second. I don't like weird stuff, okay? <laughs> Guys don't like that. Just enough. Somebody friendly, you know, somebody nice, but not too much. Handshake. Good to see you. Welcome. <laughs> right? But this is what we need. And we need, we need a lot more people, especially if we're going to have this evening service. And then small group leadership. We need small groups at every level. Even in our children's ministry, we need small group leaders. And so here's what we're going to ask you today. If we're going to do this this year, in order to have two services, we need 20 people in the team in the next generation ministry. That includes our preteen and junior high school ministry. We need 30 people to sign up, at least 30 people to sign up for our children's ministry. Say, hey, I'm, I'm here. Here are my loaves. Here's my fish. I'm willing to volunteer. And as much as needed, I'm willing to do that. Every Sunday, whether it's the 5.30 service or the morning service, I'm willing to do that. Service production, we need 30 more people, both in this service and in the evening service. And we're going to split it up. And these guys, are, they'll even train you on how to do it. You know, how to operate some of the... And, and obviously, we're not going to put you in that position. If you can't operate, you know, technical equipment, then we're, we're not going to ask you to do that. Okay? So you won't fail and fall on your face. No, we won't that, do that like they have on many occasions. Guest services. Sorry, sorry. I have two, okay? Hey. Guest services. We need people, 30 people in guest services. See, they turn the screen off. Love you. Love you too. Feel the love. Okay. You can turn it back on now. I'm sorry. Okay. We need 30 more people in our guest services. 
we need 20 people to sign up for our small group. Okay, so here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. Today. Today when you leave, I don't want you to just walk out and go home and do whatever you're going to do. Today, I want you to sign up. And you've got the, you've got the options. You've got the, the, the teen and children's ministry, uh, the, the service production, guest services, and our small group leadership. And you may not know how to do this, but you've got some abilities. And, and you've got something to offer. And so we need today, for October, and we're, we're planning for October to roll this out in our 530 service. And we're going to have both. It's 930 and 530. But we need 130 more volunteers to serve in these ministries. This is a quote from John Maxwell. The largest and most valuable asset any organization has is its people. You want to know what our most valuable asset that we have in the Lighthouse Church of Christ? It's right here. You're it. It's not our ministry staff, although I think our ministry staff is great. I'm really grateful for everybody here. But I don't want you to see me as the reason why this church is what it is. It is all of us. And i got to say this. As we talk about it matters. If you don't sign up today, it matters. It's going to force us to make a decision. We can't do the 530 service. We'll just stay here and we're going to do what we're going to do. If you don't give your contribution on a consistent basis, guess what we're going to have to do? At some point, we're going to have to roll back. Maybe let somebody go. We don't want to do that. We want to go forward. We want to go higher. There's some college students that would love for bed and bread. Bed and bread. They would love to be trained as future ministers. That's all they want. Bed and bread. They'd be willing to do that. You know, and I got to say this: this isn't the point. Is not to make you feel guilty, but the point is for you to see the importance. When you walk in late every Sunday, a lot. I realize there's exceptions. I realize things happen. You get a flat tire, but some of you've run out of excuses. It's consistent, and you know why? You know why you come late? Because it doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you, it matters. How would it be, and I thought we could do a video of this one day. Maybe we could do this, you know, Rick, we could do a video. Imagine a video of you invite some guests to your house, right? They're coming over for dinner. And they roll up to the house. The dinner's at 7 p.m. And, you know, they're uh, new people. I don't really know. But they, they come anyway, and they're there, right? And they roll up to your house, and, you know, ding dong. There's nobody home. And about 10 minutes later, they go back into their car and they're like, well, I wonder what is, what's up? What, what is this? There's no one here. Check it. Can you make sure it was at 7? Was it at 7.30? And then you roll up in your car 10 or 15 minutes late. And you go, oh, I'm sorry. We were late. And it wasn't really a good reason. It's just it wasn't that important. Do you think they'd want to come back? What kind of impression would you leave with them? And see, some of you, the problem is you see yourselves as members of the church. You don't see yourselves as volunteers. You don't see yourselves as the most valuable asset of our church. You don't see it. You don't feel it. But you are. 
that little boy, the little boy, that day was the most valuable asset to Jesus' ministry. And he, he did it on purpose. And some of you young people here today, you say, well, I'm just a teen. Let me tell you, you're more than just a teen. You're a young dreamer with a lot of skills and a lot of abilities. Some of you college students, well, I'm in school. I'm training so that. Well, why not train in that right now? I learned a lot about leadership as a college student in the church. People skills, I learned in the church. Communication skills, the good, bad, and the ugly, I learned in church. And so today I want to call all of us to see us get in the game. Be a player in the game. Not a spectator. And we're going to close out right here with this verse. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now here's the, the, the key part of this verse I want us to look at. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Let's break down your life. What's really your life about? See, Paul's saying here, He's your whole life. You know how people use that phrase? Get a life. Right? You don't have a life. Maybe Paul's saying that. Do you really have a life outside of Christ? Now, this is my belief. This is my conviction. When you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you believe. He's my whole life. This is the best thing I got going because I'm investing in the eternal life. I'm not investing here because I realize this is all going to be gone. This is a shadow. This is a dress rehearsal. It's going to be over. And it's going to go like that. He's our whole life. What's volunteering a little bit when He's your whole life? Seven days a week. 24-7. So as we pray today, I, I want... And this is a thing we looked at last week. Salvation is free. It costs you nothing. Following Jesus Christ, it will cost you something. Refusing to follow Christ will cost you everything. That's what the Bible says. That's the reality. You know, not following Jesus has cost people their marriage. Not following Jesus has cost people their financial stability. It has caused them a moral train wreck. I believe following Jesus has saved my marriage, saved my family, saved my friendships. And I believe it will save my soul. So you've got some thinking to do today. And I want to encourage you, step up. If you're a member of this church, step up. Because God wants to take what you have and add some of His secret sauce so we can see 
thousands of stories like we saw in the beginning of people's testimony coming forward and say, hey, you know, I remember when so-and-so met me, so-and-so studied the Bible. I remember my small group. I remember the service. I remember everything. It totally changed because God worked. The little that I had, He did amazing things. So for those of you that volunteer and that serve, I want to thank you. Because what you do matters. It matters a lot. And you've created this life change. So here it is. Faith in action. I want to encourage you today to sign up for a ministry service today, after, as you walk out. And this week in your small group, I'd like to encourage you to go through the questions on the back of your newsletter. You're going to have them. You're going to get together with your faith group this week. Or, you know, and, and boost for the college students and the teen ministry. You're going to go through that. And, and here's some very important points. You know who it matters to? Them. All the people in our community. It matters to them. They're counting on us. I don't know who they are. I don't know how many there are. But it matters to them. It matters to us. It matters to the performers in the morning when, when, when you're not giving your best. It matters. And guess who else it matters to? It matters to you. Because this could be the difference between you doing something amazing with your life and you feeling a part of, wow, God is using my life. Let's wrap this up with a prayer. Our Father God, we thank You for the privilege that we have this morning to seek Your face. Thank you for the story that we heard this morning of Jesus and how he performed a miracle with so little and fed so many. God, we want to see people's lives changed in this world. Father, we believe that the local church is the answer to this world's problems. We believe that you're going to use local churches to heal people's marriages, heal people's families, and heal people's lives. Please help us, Father, to be willing to invest our time, our money, our hearts, our minds, so that You can be glorified and so that people's lives can be changed. Thank You that Jesus offered everything so that we could be saved and our life could change. Help us not to hold back. Thank You for His body and His blood that was shed so we could live. As we remember Him today, now in the communion, We pray that you'll please help us to reflect on what we've heard and to act on it today. Thank you, Father. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. Bless this communion. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.